Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The matchups. The superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. This is Football Sunday on the Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, hey, happy Sunday morning, everybody. It is a good Sunday. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not talking about outside. I'm oh, just, okay. We're in the middle of a six-game playoff NFL weekend. Rashad, it's a good Sunday. I mean, this is it. I'll be honest. It was kind of kind of cool to know that, oh, I forgot. Oh, crap. There's a, there's a third game coming on. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, let's watch that, you know, so. It actually was a little overwhelming at first because I, 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 I woke up. I went for a run. I was scheduled out. I was like ready to go to be back and ready to watch by 10. I literally turned the TV on and the bills were kicking the ball off. I was like, look at that timing. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of, a, it's a lot of meaningful football that can be a little overwhelming to follow. Well, so I watched the first game. Good game, right? I was into it. Had some food. I was hanging out. Second game, Seahawks Ram, Rams completely into it. Important game for us in the Northwest. And then Tampa Washington started and I was kind of like, we well, really I care less to... about this game, and uh, I've already watched six straight hours of football. I watched the whole game, too. But I, I, I like the six games, but I'm, I think I'm more overwhelmed by it than I thought I was going to be. I thought I was going to be so happy just to sit on the couch for two straight days and do nothing but watch football. It's hard. And it's hard. It's hard, man. There's a reason. Why I, is it hard? I told you, man. There's a reason that by that 1 o'clock game, I'm typically taking a nap. Like that's you know right around one thirty maybe two o'clock okay let me go ahead and just you know and just just stretch out on the couch or something like that for a little bit or I'll just if I want to take a, I'll just lay across my bed not necessarily in the bed but I'll just lay across like the you know the short way of the bed just that's to, weird I don't know it's just I've always kind of done that I don't because I think is that taking comfortable? a nap it it is I mean you're not it's like not I'm, are you under the blanket no no I'm just kind of like man just laid on the 
and you, you know, fall asleep in bed that way. on yeah, on my stomach, and I'll just you know fall asleep like that. You know, just that's nothing crazy, nothing crazy. Just kind of. I'm very particular about how I fall asleep, yeah, so like just, I gotta be at, just like, real nap type of you know specific positions. Yeah, real nap type of positions. You know, there's certain positions you can take a nap in that you would never fall asleep in at the end of the day, but. Uh, there's I'm just, just not very good at napping either. Yeah, well, there you go. You know what I'm saying? I'm great at naps. Like, <laughs> if there was a college, you know, a degree for naps, I'd be a, a doctor at this point. <laughs> doctor nap, doctor sleep. But um, no, it was it's it's hard to watch football all day just because there's some games that are amazing and they move quick and there's lots of scoring and there's lots of great defensive actions. So you're like, okay, I can watch this. But then there's some games that kind of drag a little and make it difficult to watch and not that these games did but just i think too much of it at a point will be like all right man let's 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 watch something else or let's play a game or let's just go out for a walk or do something it's, it's interesting but take this as not even a complaint at all by the way i, I know this is going to sound stupid to most of you listening out there but so i mean this is the, our job right or my job especially it's sports right we watch sports we talk about sports that's my job um and when it's the nfl playoffs you feel kind of an obligation to watch all the games all the way through because you got to know what you're talking about, especially because we're hosting a game today. A game today, we're hosting a show today. Right. We got to know what happened in the games yesterday. We got to think about what's happening today. You know, you got to know. But the Blazers were playing yesterday too. The Blazers started at seven, so in the second half of Bucks Washington, every commercial break, break you're flipping to the Blazers, and then the game is over, and there's still half of a blazer game left <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, hold on. So I just watched nine straight hours of football or more. And I still have to, and I still have to watch the blazer game. And I'm just like, I don't want to watch the blazer game, but I have to. <laughs> and I watched the blazer game. And I, I realized that my entire Saturday was spent on the couch watching sports. And that's great. And I'm assu- that's why I'm saying I'm not really complaining as much as just, I don't think people realize that when it's an obligation, it's not quite it's as, not uh, as fun. It's not anymore. as fun. Yeah. And especially if there's something else cool on or something, you know, again, something else you may want to watch a special, an award show or, or something like that. And it's like, ugh, I have to watch Seahawks versus bills or, you know, I have to watch blazers versus Hornets, mm-hmm. you know, something that you may not be shout out to LaMelo ball though, from the Hornets, that triple double, that was dope, but you have to end up, you know, doing stuff like that and it's, and it's on the one hand it is a cool like if you have a girl or something like that or you know a relationship it is a cool line to drop it's like i have to oh, honey, I have to do this for work i don't want to watch these games i don't want to spend all day you know on the couch drinking beer watching these games but i mean i've got to you know well, it's my, important it's a part of my job my uh my girlfriend is up with me this weekend and i told her i was like because she has to today off which is rare for her and i was like just so you know i have to watch the games and she's like, okay, that's fine. And she's like, I'll watch them with you. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, I have to watch all the games. Like, I mean, we won't be changing channels and let's go check on this. Like, maybe I have to sit there and turn to three different channels and watch three different and, games. And you got to like, hope that for your sake, there's like a 30-minute break. Because yesterday the games were so on top of each other, it was timed really well. The first game ended and it was like, hey, Seahawks-Rams starts in 10 minutes. Seahawks-Rams ended and it was like three minutes from the start of Bucks. And uh, Washington, and I was like, okay, well, perfect timing. It is a cool. Yeah, it She's is a, cool. She's like, yeah, I like football. Watch man, it. I have to go to the sports bar and <laughs> hang out with these guys and talk about sports. I don't like it. I don't want to go. But <laughs> all these beers that I have to drink and wings I have to I consume. Did, like, I did feel is... very bad last night because she came over at like 630. So it was Washington and Tampa was on. 
And I was like, okay, yeah, we're watching this game. Then I went, oh, crap, the Blazers are on. I was like, honey, I'm sorry. I, I, I got to watch the Blazers, too. And she was like, okay. Yeah, picture <laughs> in picture, something like that. But, no, it, it can be tough to to watch all the stuff, and especially if you're I don't want to sound like I'm teams. complaining because but it's a real thing. It's like, way I, better than I, doing other things. But I guarantee there's not a host on the station or probably any other one that's like that will probably be – probably want to watch something else on tv or go somewhere or do something else because it's then the watch yeah then then sit there and, and watch a game and like unless you're uh you know Schefter or something like that to where you have this is what you do this is your life you know being in the, the the actual business of football or being in the actual business of basketball yes at that point then that's totally consumes you but for us <laughs> like we have other interests and other things we want to watch like and if you want to talk Honestly, and if you want to be knowledgeable about the games, you got to watch them. Like, how many decisions, how many tough decisions did you have to make between Blazer game or Game of Thrones? Like, uh, like, do I want to watch this right now? Or, man, the Blazers are still playing. Or they can start at 730 right, Sunday. Right. You're, like, like, binging uh, Game of Thrones, and it's yeah, like, and well, so it's like, I really want to keep I, going here. I, well, yeah, do I want to just, like, I'm talking about when it was actually coming on TV. I'm not sure what the cool HBO show, HBO show is now, but at least then it was Game of Thrones. I don't know and what so, it is now. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they if they have one right now. Insecure. Is that HBO? It is. I know. No. No. I haven't watched a lot of TV recently, so. I mean. TV, I'm watching Mandalorian right TV now. This TV sucks, man, right now. Like, that's why everything that's is. That's not true. There's a lot the, of good shows out there from my, what I've heard. But all the apps and everything, that's where that's where they're making all the all the great that shows. That is true. The Netflix shows. Um, again, shows like The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, like which is an awesome show. I'm in season two, yeah. I, I'm in season two as well. So, it's. There's. TV's got to step its game up. The the problem, I, I think I talked about this on this show, was we're at the point now where there's too many streaming services, and they all have good content because no one's going to buy all of them, right? Or maybe maybe some people have. Possibly. But, like, it's not just Netflix and Hulu anymore, right? Now it's Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, Apple. Tubi? Apple+, Plus, which has, like, uh, what's the show? Oh, Ted Lasso. Everyone wants me to watch Ted Lasso, but I don't have Apple+. Plus. Um, I thought that was on Amazon Prime. I think it's on Apple. If it's on Amazon, then cool. Yeah. But Amazon Prime, there's another one. Um, and there's there's even more. There's so many that have their own unique shows, and it's like, I'm not paying for all of these. There's a show called – oh, there's, excuse me. There's an app called Tubi. It's free for the most part, but then there's, like, the little pay part. You get I don't know what you get from there because you get everything else. But I, <laughs> I watched a show, real life, called The Real Side Chicks of Charlotte. Oh, no. I was, I was like, what? <laughs> What is was what it, is this? Was it as awful as it sounds? It was it was terrible. Like terrible, good, it, terrible. No, like terrible, like awful, terrible. Like Baker Mayfield throwing a bunch of interceptions. Terrible. Did it like, make you it feel was, bad? It made me feel bad that I haven't made any shows or movies that I could put on. Uh, That's not what I mean. Did it make you feel bad that there's side chicks and there's cheating going on? Oh no, not oh, really. Okay. Not really. Side chicks are a natural part of of life. Like you, <laughs> you need side chicks to make sure that this whole world thing can keep going round and round. All right, let's get into some football, huh? Let's do it. We'll start with Seahawks Rams. Seattle losing to L.A. 30-20. to 20. L.A. had a quarterback crisis, and it didn't matter as Seattle's offense struggled once again. That's what we'll start next. Text the fan text line 503-250-1080, and we'll get your thoughts on the air uh, as we can. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, you heard it here on The Fan yesterday. Rams top the Seahawks in the wild card round 30 to 20, the final score. Russell Wilson 
did not look good most of the game. 11 of 27. 6.4 yards per pass. Two touchdowns. One pick. Both touchdowns to DK Metcalf. One of them on a broken play. That was a great throw by Russ. And another one a little bit later in the game. And the Rams had a quarterback crisis where John Wolford was named the starting quarterback because Jared Goff was 12 days removed from a thumb surgery. He got hit in the head by Jonathan Adams. Not a dirty hit, but got hit in the head. Uh, had to go to the hospital with a neck injury. I actually haven't seen an update on that. Me either. Uh, so I was going to ask about that. I, I, hope that's, I hope he's doing okay. Jared Goff was the only other active quarterback. They didn't activate Blake Bortles, who they signed after the surgery. So Goff, with his busted thumb, had to play the whole game, and he, you could tell he could not throw the ball like he normally could throw the ball. Uh, his deeper passes were kind of wobbling a little bit off of his hand. He was underthrowing a lot of them. So the Rams really had nothing but their running game on offense and their defense, of course, which is the number one defense in the NFL. And the Seahawks couldn't take advantage of it. And honestly, although I, I predicted the Rams would win the game because of their defense, if I'm a Seahawks fan or if I'm the Seahawks, I am 100% embarrassed after that game. You are, you are a team that looked incredible offensively for most of the early part of the season. And then the defense started to kind of figure it out and all of a sudden, at the second half of the season, the offense just faded. In the last few weeks of the season, it was like watching a completely different team. And you go into the playoffs, and you looked basically woefully unprepared for a very good Rams defense, and you lost by 10. I mean, I would be massively embarrassed if I was a Seahawks fan or if I was the Seahawks today. I mean, it, w it was definitely a letdown game if you're the Seahawks. Now, obviously, you want to win. You have to win all these games in the playoffs, but... This was a game that the Seahawks, man, needed to win for a lot of reasons. Like, for the last few years, the Rams have really been the the class of the NFC West. They just, I mean, they were the last team from the NFC West to go to the Super Bowl, I believe. I'm, I think I think that's right. Um, their defense has really been the one that's taken over as the better defense. And for those years, it was the Legion of Boom in Seattle. And now the Rams' defense is really kind of the juggernaut of the NFC West. And you needed this game because you won the first meeting and that was the beginning of the season when it looked like the MVPs was MVP was Russell Wilson's to, to, to lose at that point. And then, you know, fast forward to the next time you play and, and you lose and pretty disappointing game for you. So this was your opportunity, especially being at home, which doesn't, I mean, I don't know how much that matters anymore. Like being able to sleep in your own, I guess the big advantage is being able to sleep in your own bed. Yeah, you're not Be with traveling. your family, no, no. You have the better cooks. locker room. Yeah, you have the better locker room. So you have, but the visitors' locker rooms for NFL teams are still pretty, pretty nice. They're not, you know, they're not state of the art as the the home teams. But I mean, they're, they're made not, to be intentionally less nice, so that yeah. So you're not supposed to enjoy yeah. your your stay there. You know that they just want you to get in there and play. But they're they're not bad locker rooms. They're not your own, but they're not bad. So those are the the disadvantages of playing on the road right now in the playoffs because the crowd clearly you know isn't that much of an issue so russell wilson just just did not look like russell wilson like it was the first time really i i can't remember the last time i've seen him play and just kind of cringe like what what was that what are you doing like who are you throwing it to and you know and there was some some we got a culpability on the receivers there was a couple you know drop balls and some other stuff in as between good as there. dk metcalf is he's got a case of the drops he's absolutely once or twice a game Really easy catches. He just completely drops. You know who else used to do that? And I could see DK Metcalf being a player exactly like him. Who? Terrell Owens. Mm. 
Terrell Owens had a terrible case of drops. He's like, you, there's one year he led the league in drops, but also led the league in touchdowns and, and receptions. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think DK could be that same kind of guy, you know, but he does drop the ball a lot. And you saw it last night in the game. So you got to put some, you know, responsibility and, and some onus on on your receivers. You know, that's something we've always kind of knocked on the Seahawks for is their receivers, they're not this. Well, now you got them. And now they're good. And they have to make plays for you. And DK made two last night, but he also dropped the ball literally on a couple of them. And so uh, they're just a bad game all the way around. Like, you don't expect that offense. Because um, let's just be real. Like, the Rams don't have a great offense. Well, especially with Jared yeah. Goff with no thumb. No, yeah. yeah, they don't have a great offense. They've, I mean, they, they've got good, they've got good players. Cooper Cup, he had a great catch between two players. Just I was like, man, that's an awesome grab. But Robert Woods is good. Robert Woods, like they have good players, but they don't have like a this super stout offense that just runs through people. So I expected the Seahawks and that offense to be much better than it was yesterday. And you know, I'll be real, not even as a Seahawks fan, but I was kind of disappointed. Like I was, I was hoping. Like, and I'm not saying I'm rooting for the Seahawks, but, man, I was hoping we'd be able to talk about them for just a little bit more going into the playoffs. Well, on the Rams' side, well, I should say one more thing on the Seahawks' side, actually, is the offensive line was a huge issue for them this year, right? Russell right. Wilson was running around for his life. He got sacked constantly, and it actually kind of started to spook him. He started to see ghosts at the end of the season. Well, this game, they had their fully healthy offensive line to start, couple of guys were in and out. Like, Iapati got hurt in the mi- middle of the game and had to come back in. And then I forget the name of the guard who also got hurt. He actually wound up leaving. But even with their full offensive line, and even with, in the second half, Aaron Donald missing a lot of the game because of his own injury, they still got into the backfield constantly. So give some credit to the Rams' defense in the secondary, too, because they covered the receivers really well. Right. But I'm starting to wonder, in Russell Wilson's head, if he's completely shell-shocked from getting hit so much because he this entire season has been running around he's been getting sacked a ton he's not quite as he's gotten a little bit older he's gotten a little bit less escape artist and a little bit more just take the sack right like he'll just kind of collapse into into himself and take the sack how many times yesterday did you see him after two seconds or not even two seconds probably one second in nfl time it seems like two he looks around nobody's open yet and then he starts panicking because the offensive line's pushing in around him, and all of a sudden there's three guys about to hit him. It was constant. Yeah. And I'm starting to worry that it's a mental thing now where because he's been hit so much, he's not able to make the same plays we saw earlier in the year or in previous seasons because he's nervous. He's nervous of getting hurt, and he's nervous of getting hit. And he'll never admit to that. But when you watch it, you've seen quarterbacks do this all the time, all through all through the history of the NFL. The second you start seeing ghosts because you don't trust your offensive line, your confidence is shot, and everything goes with it. Yeah. And I feel like we're there with, with Russell Wilson. Right and, now. you know, Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl uh, his second year in the league, right? I think it was the second year he got to the Super Bowl. By year three, uh, he was considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league. By year four, he was considered a top three quarterback in the league. And now from since then – Man, I I will always say, and I love Patrick Mahomes, and I believe he's the best right now, but so there's something special about Russell Wilson and just his ability to take a team and just lead them. But, yes, I think you're you're right on as, as far as seeing ghosts. Like, all that being said, like, we, we loved Russell because of what he was able to do in spite of not having a great offensive line, in spite of not having a great run game, and just watching the magic he was able to make happen, just running around and trying to figure it out on the fly. Well, now you're 32 years old. 
Now you can't keep getting hit the way you were getting hit. Now you, you're still obviously athletic, but your ability to escape uh, 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 some, somebody, like, it's not, it's not happening like that anymore. And so, yeah, you're getting hit more and you're making more and more mistakes because those windows are closing faster. And, and I think, and I, I think it's, it's one of those things, like not having a line. You see the teams that have a great offensive line, you see how good they're able to be. The year Dallas had that just man knocked down drag out line that that would able that, that was just able to just push whoever they want to around Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys looked like the the best team on the face of the earth. You know that's that's how good an offensive line is, and when you don't have it, you're running for your life. And you know we've seen it with so many young quarterbacks at bad teams, so it's rare, it's weird to see it with you know with a player like Russell Wilson and how the you know they haven't really taken care of him. Last year the line was much better. Was much improved. You know, he didn't get hit as much this year. Yeah, he's 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 taken a, a little more of a beating than he probably should. Now the pick six he threw, not really his fault. It was a great read by the defender on the Rams. Um, I forget the guy's name on the Rams. I think it was Johnson. I can't remember the name, the guy's name. I actually hadn't heard of him before, but he jumped that little that, that wide receiver screen, screen pass, so quickly. Yeah. And I, I, I was shocked by the stat that they brought up during the game where they said that was the first time all year that there was an interception on a wide receiver screen. First time all year. And it was a pick six. It was a great play by the Rams. Jalen Ramsey once again shut down DK Metcalf when he was covering him. Metcalf, when Ramsey was on him, had only three catches for like 30-something yards. Uh, Ramsey is the best cornerback in the league. And it's not even close. He's so good. He's a complete shutdown corner. A problem. Which we haven't seen a lot of recently. There was a time where I feel like there was like two or three shutdown corners in the league at a time. The passing game has gotten there so was. good, and they've changed the defensive rules so much where there's really – I feel like it's Jalen Ramsey and everybody else right now. Yeah, and I know that the defensive coordinator of the Rams actually said that he builds his defense around Jalen Ramsey and like the way he calls plays, which is not usually how defensive coordinators build their defenses instead of around like Aaron Donald. He uses Jalen Ramsey as his focal point, and everything else goes around him. Jalen Ramsey is almost like Palomalu. In, in the sense that, man, he didn't have a, you know, give him an assignment. You tell him to make the play. Like, and that's what you do with with uh, Jalen Ramsey. You say, man, you make the play. We're going to work around you. So if you have to drop back in, in, into coverage, if it's man, like, we're going to follow whatever you're doing. You know, if it's zone, like, man, listen, we're going to play zone. <laughs> you follow him. Like, that's going to be your job because there's only so many guys you can put and really just in, in, in history. So many guys you can put on someone else from a, as a from a, as a defender and just know that there's gonna that's that's gonna be a problem. Like when I when at at his best you put Revis on anybody that's a problem. At his best you put Richard Sherman at somebody it's a problem. Mm-hmm. The, the the field is shut down and Jalen Ramsey is j- just as good. It it's weird to me because with corners you always know it's very short lived, right? To be an elite corner, it's like a one or it's two a, year three, thing. Three, four, three years strip tops. Uh, there used to be guys who were better at it. Like I, I always go back to Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey was an Champ elite was corner cold. for like ten years. It felt like probably not as long. I feel like Jalen Ramsey's already in year three or four of being elite, and I don't think you're slowing him down. He the watching him the entire game. He's so good at not interfering, but being in the exact right spot. Every single time there was, there was one play in particular. It was, I think it was Metcalf. He put his hand on Metcalf's hip. Actually Metcalf stopped and Ramsey was able to stop on a dime. He put his hand on his hip, but didn't hold him just to put his hand there. 
and then waited. And right as the ball got there, he reached his arm around his shoulder and knocked it out of his hands. And what half a second, a millisecond earlier would have been pass interference. And he timed it perfectly. And that was him the entire game. And I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I've watched every Rams game this year or that I've seen Jalen Ramsey play every single time. But seeing that in a small picture shows you just how good he is all year long because against worse receivers, he's going to be way better than that. No. Because yeah, he's just trying to make sure DK Metcalf doesn't get catches, but against worse guys, he can do even more. Like, you're talking about a guy that matched up against Gronkowski. You're talking about a guy who matched up against DK Metcalf, who doesn't mind going up against uh, against Julio, you know, who doesn't mind going up against these these big, hulking uh, receivers, and he makes them work. And he those guys do not – they don't like playing against Jalen Ramsey. I guarantee if there's one – corner that you don't like playing against in the NFL, if you took a poll, most of them dudes would say, yeah, I can't stand playing against Jalen Ramsey because he's everywhere. And on top of him being everywhere, he's chirping and he's talking to you. And that only frustrates you more, especially when somebody's busting your ass. Like, you definitely don't want to be talked to after that. One note as well before we take a break and uh, and switch gears to a different game. We're basically going to do one game per segment today because we only have two hours. So we got Three games to recap this hour, and the next hour we'll do three games to preview, and that'll basically be the show. So just so everybody knows, um, is Cam Akers look great for the Rams. That was one thing I said before the game was the Rams are at their best offensively when they can run the football. Sean McVay has a great offense. Sean McVay is a, is a great offensive mind, but he needs running to make his passing game work or else it all goes to crap. Plus, he doesn't have the best quarterback in Jared Goff and especially yesterday because he was hurt. Cam Akers was unstoppable yesterday. He ran wherever he wanted to. He made a couple of catches as well. And because of that, the offense was able to do just enough to get the points on the board to beat Seattle. So give credit to Cam Akers. He's a rookie from Florida State. Mm -hmm. He didn't play a lot of this year. Uh, He started playing in the second half, and he didn't look great in the beginning. He was splitting touches with Daryl Henderson. He was splitting touches with Malcolm uh, Brown. And now he is the starter. And they barely gave anybody else carries yesterday. It was just him. He was the workhorse, and he looked fantastic. No, he's so been... if 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 Jared Goff's thumb is better next week, or if Wolford comes back and isn't really really seriously injured, I'd be careful. I think the Rams are playing the Bucks. I think I'm going to double check that, and I'll tell you next. I think they're playing the Bucks. I'd be careful if you're Tampa because. If they can run the football like that, that offense with a competent quarterback is incredibly dangerous. Well, I will say that, like, the games he's been good, he's been really good, but it should be noted that those defenses he's played have not been good. The Seahawks, we talk all the time about their, you know, Swiss cheese defense, and it's gotten better towards the end of the season, but we still know it was it was kind of suspect. And then he had another great game, had almost uh, 200 yards against the Patriots. Not a good defense this year. So uh, the Rams, excuse me, the uh, the Buccaneers are just a little better defensively, especially up front. So, you know, if they're able to run, then, yes, they've definitely got a chance because Jared Goff has to be able to pass the ball against them because Brady is definitely going to throw the ball a couple times. Just looking here. Yeah, Rams, Bucks next week. So, yeah, if you're the Bucks, you better hope you can stop the run because that really, really helps L.A.'s offense move. Plus, with how good their defense is, they're taking time off the clock. That's not good for you. That's no, not good for you. Not so, at all. I think you're going to see some pretty big changes for Seattle this offseason. Um, some of the stuff feels stale. They played a lot of close games, but that's also a problem. When you play bad teams and you're playing close games, there's a, there's a problem inherently somewhere there. I think you're going to see some changes for Seattle in the offseason. 
I think you're going to see a new offensive coordinator. I think you might even see a new defensive coordinator. Ken Norton turned the defense around in the second half, but I don't think he's the answer. I think they need to have a hard look at the team. They've got a lot of talent there, obviously, still, but I think you're going to see some changes there to try to kind of find that fire again. Find the early early season fire and find like the old Legion of Boom fire. Not necessarily because you're not going to rebuild that Legion of Boom, but find that energy again because it kind of it just got stale at the end. Yeah, and Legion finding Legion of Boom that's hard. I know we have to break, but I'm not saying hold. I'm not saying repeat that. Just no, that energy, yeah, like you know? that was kind of lightning in a bottle, and you just kind of you know how do you how do you know that there's this this fifth round guy and this third round guy and all these you know late draft picks that you're going to have for rookie, you know, on the rookie scale for three years? How do you know they'd be what they end up becoming in in that you know that little stretch? So it's tough, but Pete Carroll's definitely got a hell of a job in front of him. There is a text that says if the Bears lose, then the Packers will play the Rams, which would make sense uh, because they would be the highest and the lowest seed left. But there's a bracket this year, which is weird because they added a new team. Right. So maybe maybe the texter's right. I'll double check it here in the break and see if I can figure it out. But the bracket has them playing each other, but I'll double check. Uh, all right. Coming up next. Bills, Colts, or Bucks, Washington? Which one do you want to go to next? Let's go Bills, Colts. Okay. Bills win in the playoffs. Finally. Finally. Beating the Colts 27 24. And how Billsy would it have been if a bad refing call cost them the game? That's next. First, sports. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right. Texas were right. I was confused this year with the new playoff rules if they had changed it because they've added a seventh team. If they had changed it to a more of a bracket instead of the highest seed playing the lowest left. But no, it would be uh, Packers-Rams next week. Okay. If the Bears lose. So, there you go. If the Bears win, it'll be Packers-Bears. So, it is still highest playing the lowest seed for the playoffs in the NFL. Also, I missed this earlier. We get our guy who texts in our his random question of, of the day is ask anything question. If you had to wear one of the following for three straight months, which would you choose? A James Harden beard, a Raleigh fingers mustache, a civil war style mutton chops, or a Joe dirt mullet. Mm. Which would you choose? Three months, three months. Uh, probably go the Harden beard. Yeah, uh, only because like I'm like halfway there, so you know I <laughs> it wouldn't feel be like, that hard. Yeah, I feel like that wouldn't be hard. The, the hardest part is when you have a beard like that. Like you got a lot of stuff lost in there, and you got a lot of food or drink. You got to clean it out every everything. day. Yeah, it's, you got to brush it's a, it. It's pretty gross, you know. So I wouldn't really want a big beard like that. But if I do anything, that's that definitely that looks the least stupid, <laughs> you know. Like as far as going somewhere or anything, if you had a date or something like that, like you can't show up with the Joe Dirt mullet. Come I think out. also. In this city, that beard would be fine because everyone has the, jo- yeah, the James Harden here. beard. Uh, I'm going to say just for fun, Raleigh Fingers mustache, just because it's like a talking point. You walk in somewhere, you're like, whoa, how did you do that with your mustache? I'm not even a mustache guy. Like, I've just got a short beard, but you know, I think that'd be funny. I'd yeah, it, it'd be funny, but... You know, you might want to be, you might get tired of being the mustache, the mustache guy, the porn star. After, guy after three bit. months, I'd be like, yeah. oh my God. At least the beard, it's like, all right, man, you know, I'm going to shave it down here in a little bit. Still keep a beard, but mm. I think when you shave off a mustache, you're you're getting rid of it. I just don't think I can pull off the James Harden beard. 
I, I don't think could. I could. I think you could. Yeah? Yeah, I think you could do it. We'll find you. You should try it. me. I've cha- I'm not going to do it. Uh, I've changed my mind. I'll do the James Harden beer for three months as part of this Ask Me Anything question. All right. Second game. Colts Bills. Bills beat Indy 27-24 was the final score. It was a good game. It was a close game. Although I felt like the entire game, the Bills were the better team, and it was obvious. But boy, did Indy play the field position game early. The Bills started from inside their five-yard line. It felt like every drive for the entire game. And in the beginning, that hurt them. They had to punt a couple of times. They had a couple of shorter drives. Uh, But the problem was, was Indy's offense just wasn't as good as Buffalo's offense. When they got into field goal range, they had to settle for a field goal. They missed a field goal. And there was a couple of times where Buffalo's defense was able to stop them. And that, to me, was the big difference in the game. And uh, Buffalo getting their first playoff win in forever, 27-24 over Indy. What was your biggest takeaway from this one? Um, biggest takeaway from this one was um, Stephon Diggs is really good. Um, like, really good. Yeah. And I don't know how it took us. Like, like maybe seven, best in the league. Yeah, game. and I'm not sure how it took us seven years uh, to really figure that out, that he was as good as he was. Um, and I guess it's maybe the Kirk Cousins effect. You know? I'm sure that didn't help him. No, I'm sure that didn't help him, you know, but... He's uh, also the clear-cut number one. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas and, Adam Thielen took a lot of targets from him in Minnesota, too. And when you're a young quarterback like Josh Allen, like, you you, you need a guy like that to get the ball to. You know, I, I think Baker Mayfield has been lucky in his career, although it doesn't he hasn't really shown it up until recently. But he's been lucky in his career to have a bunch of really good receivers to throw the ball to. You know, it helps when you're a young quarterback to, like, when usually when guys get drafted and they go to the Jets – or they go to the Giants or something like that where they have – no, I'm just not knocking on New York, but go to Jacksonville, and they're not going to have a bunch of weapons to play with, you know, sometimes. you know, And it's just – it's one of those things. Like, having that guy there has absolutely helped him out. And so, Stephon Diggs is only as good as, obviously, Josh Allen can, if he gets him the ball, but Josh Allen is smart enough to know that, oh, this dude's cold. I'm, getting, I'm throwing him the ball – any single chance I get. And I just I looked at Allen's leadership and I, I looked at, man, a dude that threw for almost 350 yards, you know, in his first playoff game and yeah. looked good doing it. And uh, well, no, was, they, made, they made the playoffs last year. They made the playoff, excuse me. The first, first, first win, win, excuse me, first playoff win. So and, and looked really good doing it. Like, when's the last time you saw Bill's quarterback and said, man, damn, this guy's good. Like we had the uh, Tarot. You had a Tarot Taylor, you know, moment for. You know, maybe a, a season or so. I never sat there and went, "Man, this guy's." Really no, I mean, good, but you, there was never like a, a damn like. But you watch Josh Allen and you see the size and the everything, and I feel like it all kind of finally caught up with them. Like we've been saying, they've been saying since he was a what a junior in college. Like, man, this guy, he's the one. He's the pro that you have to look at. And everybody was like, "What? No, like, not him." It's it was a Darnold not the guy from Wyoming. Yeah, was it Darnold? Was it that? Was that was that the? Was that that the was the year? same year. Yeah. Yeah. So see, Sam Darnold and it's Josh Rosen and. These are the guys you have to look at. And everybody was like, man, no, you, man, pay attention to him. And we weren't sold. Even last year when he started doing, you know, pretty well, you were still kind of like, I thought ah, he sucked. Ah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, he's getting better. It looks like he's getting better. And then this year it's like, oh, no, he's good. He's, he should be, an, he's going to be an MVP candidate. He's not going to win, but he should be an MVP candidate. My, yeah, that was, that was more my takeaway from the game was I know I was wrong on Josh Allen, obviously. I admitted it earlier in the year. I had to eat, eat some crow for it. I thought he was going to be terrible. And I thought that there were so many signs of him being terrible. But watching that game yesterday in a tough game against a solid defense in Indy, he was great. Yeah. 
And I think there was only one moment in the game where I went, Josh Allen, what are you doing? Every other, every other throw he made, every other decision he made was the right decision. And he's throwing guys open, and he's much more accurate than he was when he first came up. He's completely limited his mistakes. His legs are such a huge part of his game. But in yesterday's game, he couldn't really run the ball like you've normally seen him run the ball. They really did a good job stopping him through the ground. He still had a touchdown on the ground, but he only had 54 rushing yards, only had 11 carries. It was all through the air. He threw the ball 35 times. 35 times, man. And he completed 26 of them, over 300 yards passing. It was a great game, and it was just such a wake. It was, it was like the final light bulb went off for me of, okay, I get it. I get it. Because like I, I knew I was wrong, but I had still watched him and just been like, like he's good, but I just I'm nervous when I watch him play. I'm not nervous anymore. I think you have. I, tr- to- I trust in Josh Allen. I trust in his leadership, especially. He seems like an awesome leader for that team. I've seen a lot of videos posted of him with the community and him with the team, and he seems like he really keeps him loose, which is huge, especially for a team who hasn't made the playoffs a lot in recent memory. And I just, I was wrong. And that yesterday was the final light bulb to tell me, okay, there's Josh Allen. We yeah. now know he will be he will be a good quarterback moving forward. You got to give a lot of credit to uh, Sean McDermott and uh, Brian DeBall, who's the offensive coordinator. I think it's pronounced Dable. Is, is it Dable or DeBall? I, I think remember. it's Dable. Is it Dable? Yeah, excuse me, Mr. Dable. Uh, you, you, you've got to give a lot of credit to, to those guys because, again, nobody expected the Bills um, to be not just an offensive you know, a uh, threat, but also a defensive one. Like, you know, the the Bills historically have always been pretty okay at defense, at least for the most part. They just can't score. And now you're looking at a, a guy in Josh Allen who's, if he can keep throwing 35 times a game and getting you 300 yards, man, you've, you, there's another name you have to add to that, you know, that, that best quarterback list, you know, in the NFL. So, man, I think this is a great job by the Bills, man. Congratulations to Buffalo. I know it's been a rough go of it, but lots of, you know, snowstorms and all type of little crazy stuff that you have, you know, going on in that in that region. So, man, it's awesome that the Bills finally, after all this time, get a chance to make the playoffs and win a playoff game and advance the next round and possibly take it further. Would it shock you if, if Josh Allen and the Bills made it to the AFC Championship? No. It wouldn't shock me if they made it to the Super Bowl. No, and that's, and that's, that's crazy. The Bills are a great team. When was the last time we've ever said mm, – well, I man, haven't in my life. I, I that I was watching football in my life. I haven't said that about. You're an the Bills. over thirty year old man, and you've never said, you know, damn, the Bills are great. The right. Bills are going to do this. Like, now the Bill, the Bills in my lifetime have made Super Bowls. I just wasn't watching them. Of course, it yeah. was it was in my early years. Of course. Um. So yeah, I I could see them making the, the Super Bowl. They they have such a well rounded good team that it's just uh, it's just fun to watch. It, it, this is going to sound super patronizing, but because I went to school at Syracuse. I have a lot of friends who are Bills fans. Right, a uh, ton of people who are from Buffalo. I love to poke fun at the Bills, but I also am so happy that they're good now. It's like a little brother syndrome. I get to it. me, like Bills fans were like my little brother in football fandom because I love to poke fun at them. But I'm so happy they're having success. It's Oregon State. It's like man, you oh man, you know you're not the Giants, you're not the Jets up there. You know what I'm saying? You're just little old, little old Buffalo, and you just get beat up on by everybody. Same thing. Like you, Oregon State, you're a good school. You're not quite U of O. So like, but when you're good, man, I honestly think there are a lot of Ducks fans who are like, okay, that's that's tight because when we play each other, all of a sudden that game is going to mean more because they're both good. I think it de- definitely matters uh, that they're so. No, it makes a, b- a bunch of sense that you're like, man, finally, good for you guys, man. I'm. 
I'm proud of you. You should have. I'm, I'm glad you made it to this point. So I don't think it's patronizing. It's just, you know, hey, man, like, I'm glad you guys are doing well. Good job. Seahawks. When the Seahawks finally start killing, it was like, man, good job, guys. Like, you guys are irritating as, as a fan base. But, man, that's that's dope that you guys are finally, like, considered one of the best teams in, in the world. All right, we got a break. I do have a couple more things I want to talk about with this game. So I lied. It's not going to be every segment's a different game. That's just how it goes. I think we have time. Uh, so the refs really effed up at the end of the game, and it almost cost the Bills completely. And also, was that Phillip Rivers' last game in the NFL? Next, Football Sunday on the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.53 on your Sunday morning. We're working our way through the games from yesterday. Also got to talk about the games coming up today, including the one starting in six minutes on ABC and ESPN, which is the Titans and the Ravens. The refs almost messed it up yesterday for the Bills. And uh, it would have been very Buffalo Billsy if they lost the game because of the refs. Wouldn't have in their <laughs> the chance for their first playoff win in so long. And the refs take it away from them. And I, I just, it was such an obvious bad call that it floors me when we have reviewing or, or we have reviews for this kind of stuff if we can't get it right. It was the Zach Pascal play. It was fourth and 10. It was a deep catch. He caught the ball. He starts running back down the field. He fumbles it. It's recovered by the Bills, which would have ended the game. Instead, they called him down by contact put the ball in Bill's territory, but it was just on the other side of the 50. So there was still obviously yards to go, but it was, it was getting close to field goal range, which would have tied the game and sent the game to overtime. So they review it, right? It was under two minutes left. It went automatically to a review and you watch the replay. It is so clear that nobody is touching him. And then as his knee raises off the ground, I believe it was Jordan Poyer, Oregon State alum, puts his hand on his back as the first touch. They zoom, they, It was as slow motion as slow motion gets. Frame by frame, knee up off the ground, hand not there yet. Second frame, knee officially off the ground, then the hand touches him. It was clear. It was a fumble, and it was the Bills' recovery. It was clear. And they called it down by contact, ruling upheld, I don't understand. Are they not seeing the same clips we're seeing on the TV screen? Do they not get the same replay angles that we get to see from the from the networks? Or is it just bad refereeing? Because to, I get it sometimes, like, it's not clear enough evidence. I get it. That was clear and obvious evidence. I disagree it's not clear evidence. Like, it, it, that. there's some times where... Okay, you can't tell. Did he step out of bounds? Like, his shoe is white, but the sideline is white, too, so we don't really – like, there's sometimes, like, okay, that's a toss-up. I saw that as clear as day immediately. As soon as the ball was caught, okay, that's a catch. He's that's on the a ground. fumble. Game's over. He got back up, fumbled. Yeah. It was it was, it was was really that easy. I didn't need to see it four and five and six times. Like, so they get a, they get a like whole little booth. Times. They get a whole little booth that they go to. They get to put this little thing over their head and then look at that thing exclusively from all the different angles. They have angles that we they pro there's probably an, an angle underneath the turf that man they just have that they can look at just because they're that uh 
innovative as far do as do they to be know? Able to, because the angle we had it was clear as day. It was. It, we didn't need another one. And so I was like, how did you? How did? I'm, I'm looking at the referees: Terry Brown, Tim Podraza, Podraza, Mark Hitner, Paul King, Brad Allen, Anthony uh, Jocelyn, uh, Anthony Jeffries. Those were your referees. How did all of you get it wrong? Nobody was like, "Nah, he was he he was he was up. That's a fumble. Game's over." There wasn't one of you guys. Well, there's was- also the replay official up in the booth talking to the to the main the head referee, looking at the replay at the at the screen. Uh, at what point, like, okay, so let's let's just go ahead and say, why that- why are we sitting there for five, seven, eight minutes waiting? to hear the game is over, to just have the call be wrong. Listen, How is this a thing? And also, like, think about what this does to the – again, you mentioned it – what this does to the Bills. You have this amazing season, you, and you really have this amazing game yesterday and have it taken from you from a referee. Thankfully, it didn't happen. I, I, thankfully, it didn't. You know, but, again, how many times have we seen great moments or, or possibly even championship moments be taken away from teams based on a referee? Or an umpire, or anything like that. Like that, we've seen it quite often. And so, I, I, I just want to know what's the what's the reparation? A reparation? What's for us the reprimand for for these for these referees? Or is there one? Yeah, is, is there, there enough fine? accountability? Yeah, is there a fine? Is there like okay, you're going to be suspended for a game? You're only going to get to do like these games? Like they punish them, give them the worst games? Do like I, I wonder what's the punishment for getting these? Like what could what could be franchise changing moments wrong? Like if you're the Saints, like I I would I'm pissed about you know the 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 pass interference call that the call back then. Like that cost us a chance to go to the Super Bowl if you're the Saints. Like you're pissed about that. Like if you're the Bills, like man, you almost cost us our first win since 1995. Like there's no consequence for that, and I think there should be. There's consequences for players for even saying. Oh, well, man, I, I thought think this there game is. Was, wasn't wasn't very well uh, uh, officiated. Oh, fine. $25,000. Like. I think there is. I just don't think they're transparent about it. I'd like them to be transparent about it. I would it. as well. I'd like to know if a ref has been taken off of an assignment because of some bad calls. I'd like to know more than just the, the like, oh, this call was wrong. I'd don't love tell me to that. like. Don't tell me that. I'd love every, and I, this would be, this is the case for all sports. I'd love every game, every sport, every game to have a report for the refs or the umps. And we can see what they got right and what they got wrong. Because you right. know they get that. Like in baseball, for example, I know the umpire after the game will get a report of how many missed calls he had mm-hmm. uh, and how many borderline calls did he have and how many right calls did he have. I'd love to be able to see that because I think it would it would add a level of transparency for us fans that – They're at least trying to get it right. And that we can trying. understand also because right now – we have these ideas of, especially in the NBA, I mean, we know names of refs and you go, oh, no. Like Scott Foster is one of them, right? If you see Scott Foster and you have, and that's your NBA game, you go, oh, crap. Yeah. right? Joey I, Crawford, oh, not this game. I'd love to be able to see that with all of them so that you know if you're getting a good one, too. And it might, maybe that's a bad thing for some refs, but I think that'd be a good thing, too. Like if you go into the game and you're like, oh, this is the guy that we have in this game and you can look and be like, he has like a 98% correct call rate this year, which is like second best in the NFL. Cool, right? You actually might be more willing to give that guy the benefit of the doubt because he's a good ref versus just like, oh, refs are all terrible. You know what I mean? So I think that would just be good on both ways, right? We would understand who the bad refs are. We'd understand who the good refs are. So I, 
just I just can't believe that we have replay in this sport and it takes this long and you still get the calls wrong. There's got to be a way to, there's got to be a way to change that. I don't understand. Cuz every everybody knew that was a fumble. In the broadcast, everybody watching except for the ref who saw it on the screen and I guess the replay official above. They have target they have tablets that really, you know, kind of track every single movement of the of the players and where the ball is supposed to go and where they missed every frame frame by frame by frame by frame for to give to the quarterbacks to make sure that they can go back in there and make you see Tom Brady or whomever looking at the the tablet after you know they after their series is over like that's what they're looking at so how you can get these really innovative and uh, kind of really in-depth looks at everything for everybody else but then miss these calls as a referee is crazy to me all right, we got to take a break. Uh, we didn't get to Philip Rivers there. Maybe we'll get to him later in the show. But uh, coming up next, we got Bucks and the Washington football team to react to, and then we'll look ahead to today's games. This is Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 